Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Human Behavior Show podcast. Um, being really lucky to be doing this podcast, and we've had so many different guests over the course of the season. And I thought I'd do one where I interview a member of the Human Behavior Club community, and we found out a bit more about them as well as about how they found the Human Behavior Club. Um, so we're going to be doing this with Alyssa today. Super excited for that. And this podcast will be available on Apple and Spotify. So first of all, welcome, Alyssa. Nice to meet you. And how are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'd love to kind of find out more about you. Firstly, um, firstly, I'd love to know kind of uh, who you are, uh, what your interests are, and how did you come across the, the Human Behavior Club? Well, I am Alyssa Dinney, and I came across the Human Behavior Club Probably because it had something to do in the description uh, with uh, health and science, which is um, basically my hobbies. Uh, since I have a science background, I've, I have two degrees, uh, basically two pieces of paper worth $40,000 each, and I'm not exactly using either of them right now. Um, meaning a Bachelor of Arts in Art, uh, Painting and Drawing, and then a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, specifically cardiac nursing. But right, right now I'm a practicing stand-up stand comedian. So, um, yeah, I am just, you know, when I went on to the Clubhouse app, I was all about, uh, I was just wowed by so much info and people interested in the same stuff as myself. Basically, is how I got to find it. Yeah, that's really diverse and, and an interesting story there as well. And I'll, we'll kind of find out more about it as we go along. So, I mean, how have you? How how did you? How have you found the human behavior shows that you've been to? Have you been? How do you find the club? What would you like to see? Would love to kind of hear more from kind of community members. I would love to hear more from. Um, Really, uh, people who have the credentials. I was a little disappointed um, whenever I would look at you know the schedule and and see someone who had uh, I don't know just a, a, a bunch of a, a panel of people who you could tell just were very passionate about things, and I'm very passionate about certain things that I don't have credentials in, um, but uh, I do have. I mean, uh, some actually, but uh, besides my degrees, um, and I don't know, I, I think there's an element of entertainment uh, that also goes with being a speaker. Um, when you're a speaker, you need to grab your audience by the throat in the first couple seconds. And that is uh, something a lot of club um, rooms uh, need to work on. I've re found myself definitely feedback, and we we'll definitely take that on board. Um, and um, I guess yeah, I think with time, it's been hard to maintain quality at times. This clubhouse has gone, social audio has gone through ups and downs. At the start, I felt like I was quite active, so the club was high quality because I think I did my shows quite tightly, and, and some of the guests I had were pretty like. Um, very accomplished people. And then I think I've left it to a lot of the creators and, and 
I do feel like Clubhouse needs a bit of a resurgence for me to keep putting the energy in <laughs> to, to get some of those shows back. But um, I think I'm pretty proud of like, it's been pretty consistent in terms of, you know, being two years and been doing shows and that longevity is difficult. I've seen so many social audio creators come and go and give up and, you know, go to other platforms. So um, definitely been lucky to have the Human Behavior Club grow so large. I think that helps stay motivated. Like having three seven hundred fifty thousand or seven hundred thirty thousand people who are members. Uh, what do you, What do you think? So, so when did you join Clubhouse and 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 um, what was your early impression of kind of the Human Behavior Club? What made you keep coming back? It's been one year and a half. So one year six months. I counted just the other day that I've been on Clubhouse, and I recall um, going right for. Um, the health rooms, specifically um, ones, uh, anything uh, regarding cardiology, for one thing, because I'm still um, a big component. I just, I love the the subject. I'm obsessed with learning about it still, specifically heart failure. I was um, on a, a nationally renowned heart failure unit when I left that job, and I missed it, but, and I still do miss it, and I am keeping up with it's ever changing. It's amazing. Um, but I found uh, it was, and I was actually asked just by like raising my hand and asking questions and making comments in the audience for about a day or two, ended up being a speaker in one, uh, one room one day. And it was like a timed uh, question and you had to display your data and then your outcomes and, it was, it was, it annoyed me that I was like cut off at the end. I didn't get to present my data and outcomes. And I had to just uh, basically shut up and sit down. And, and I didn't like that. And I found my audience, um, the audience was a bunch of um, mainly like residents and, and medical students because I found a, uh, as who did invite me on this app was is a very very prominent probably one of the best in the world uh, cardiac uh, robotic surgeons um he's just relocated to uh, a philadelphia hospital and was the first person to have just uh did a valve replacement while uh, a baby was delivered in this patient at the same time so uh these doctors, they do not have time. Surgeons, of course, um, doctors, medical doctors, hospital doctors, they don't have time to be on here. So I was kind of bummed out. I couldn't learn from what who I wanted to learn from. And so then I went, oh, well, I'll, I'll check out the other side of my brain, which is I'm left and right brains. If, if you, some people agree, disagree with that, but, um, I'm an artsy person. Like I said, I have painting and drawing uh, degree very much into oil painting. And so I ended up in just some random social room uh, full of a mixed mash of comics, people in the industry, actors, uh, just um, random people who like to talk about old movies. Uh, I was like an old soul. So that just drew me in and in and further and further. I started watching their practice runs of upcoming comics and people trying to get into the industry. 
and one day I got up as a as a joke and I didn't mean to I was just making a joke and they were like okay Alyssa get up and I improved three minutes um and this is an improv these are actually sketches and people I got laughs and I was told exactly you know what to do to finesse or make it um perfected into a routine and I was like wow this is something really interesting maybe I can do this because I always thought it was a magical power some people were born with to be stand-up comedians so yeah that's actually a really interesting uh, journey and how your experience has been um I agree I think yeah um people had a lot more time in the pandemic less so now on these type of apps um but before we kind of go into your story i think um yeah i think there were certain certain communities that grew more than others right uh was there anything specific about the human behavior club that you feel led to its growth i would definitely say the fact that people are very 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 much into startups right now during the pandemic I noticed on Facebook, um, I'm not an active real user of Facebook right now, but I would just, you know, watch because I was interested. I had this whole business plan written up um, for starting my own thing where this is what I disliked about my previous industry. It was a revolving door. We were understaffed, not enough time to educate uh, people with heart failure. And I thought, wow, what if I could make, say, a business? And from my personal training background, I have, you know, a lot of uh, experience in working one-on-one with helping people move and teaching them about, uh, I have a a certificate from uh, American Council on Exercise and plus we have to go through nutrition courses and nursing and and different um, uh, acute courses, of course, for different diseases. And I wanted to make a change in that and really uh, drive home, it, especially for elderly people who can are who have difficulty following the, the guidelines of keeping themselves basically alive and their their heart failure from getting worse. Um, you know, with their water intake, sodium, whatnot, and um, and in a personal experience of a close family member, I found, uh, you know, was given an incorrect um, regimen of uh, treatment for heart failure, which I didn't know they had, and I was like very enraged by this, and it was through the VA, and and I made sure that they called me and I wanted them to an explanation of why they weren't getting this test done this test done why wasn't this acknowledged after I got their hold of their medical history this is my father by the way so it was all legal my mom got it um and in in a nutshell I, I got him into a really good hospital around here great cardiologist in one year he was out of heart failure and uh, people believe there's no reversal of heart failure and there is and I want to drive that home to the world and so I was planning to do that and then I thought well you know maybe I can reach more people because CBD is the number one killer in the world still 
it and it shall remain that until something happens um, with a podcast and uh, maybe edu- just educate the people and entertain them at the same time. So that's been always in the back of my brain too. So, um, but the startup thing, um, that's, I believe is why people would love your, um, your, uh, your room for that matter. Thanks. I think that's interesting that startups and I think human behavior, we're all human. So we all behave. I think it draws a lot of attention because of that as well. Um, and I think it was, uh, I would say a lot of the, the shows we had very consistent shows compared to any other club. Startup Club, Tech Talks, Human Behavior, the three largest clubs. I think we did like a tremendous effort to keep that going. It was difficult, but um, I think that's what happened. So now, what have you seen in terms of changes in Clubhouse? What do you think some of the mistakes Clubhouse have made? What would you like to see more of from Clubhouse? Do you think is it an app you still use? An app that you're still interested in? Has it changed how you use the app in the last year or so? Um, how do you think Clubhouse can kind of make a comeback? Uh, what do you think some of the problems are? I'd love to hear from you. I've definitely recognized different problems, which has made me, uh, I meant, I told you um, quickly, briefly, that I was part of um, a, a room that was called the Inflammatory uh, Show, and we would just speak on, different aspects of like cytokine storms and which can be affected by any kind of disease and, and different factors. And they brought in another moderator and um, it was, it just changed the game. And I, I was, uh, I didn't like the way it was run anymore. So I kind of left it and, um, and eventually it disappeared. And and you said exactly what um, is, what keeps, the number one reason a podcast will succeed and why your room has succeeded is consistency and consistency in showing up, doing it and not just, you know, disappearing for like a week or two or a month and then expecting people to come back. Um, so that is what keeps somebody coming. Um, one club I am highly involved in has never missed a day. It's every day of the week. Um, that one, um, has, uh, you know, I think seven, it's around 7,000 members as well, which is pretty cool. And, and that's, that's awesome that yours. Oh gosh, that's awesome. Um, and okay. So, uh, during, uh, regarding the pandemic, I would go into rooms and, um, recently I went into one that was more run by strictly doctors and maybe one or two people who were not, I don't know what their, what was their credential as being a moderator, but, um, I could, being the detective I am, I could tell by their responses, by their response to my question and response to the main doctor, who was a big, very smart man, uh, on this, on the topic and, and the, uh, ongoing studies, he's very up to date. I was very impressed. Um, but one doctor, you know, they had a, um, a, a, like a, a, a photograph of like a piece of sushi, like roll. And, um, they were very, I, they were just uh, plain nasty because 
because they were writing in the chat, um, like, no, that's not true. Like, and never, and I'm a very big believer on backing up your facts. If you're saying something uh, scientifically based, it better be backed up by peer-reviewed sources and within five years of um, of today's date. So um, I'm a big proponent of that and, and being shot down um, by somebody who uh, may or may not have been a doctor, who didn't have a profile filled out, calling themselves a doctor, um, and then having another moderate or a guest on stage that was already there um, making comments because the doctor had left <laughs> and then come back and this person was like, where, where is doctor so-and-so when you need them? And it was just very unprofessional in a very professional, uh, great room. You know what I mean? I mean, so those are the little things that, that hamper good things that can become great things on Clubhouse. Um, so you're saying um, lack of, I guess, good moderation and, and credibility can, can kind of ruin some of the Clubhouse content. Maybe that's why people have left. Do you think Clubhouse should be monetized? Do you think if creators could make money on this app more easily, it would mean more people would stay on? Because a lot of people put effort in and think any return for that. Um, do you think that is one of the incentives too? Definitely because then they would be making sure that Yes, this person has the credentials that they may they say they or they have to present credentials to say I'm Doctor So and So, I'm this and that. Um, and I noticed one huge, huge, huge club got the boot finally, and I was happy about this because I believe you need credentials to um, be in your scope of practice. And this person had. Um, not even a certificate, a, a degree to their name about health, nutrition, uh, medicine, whatnot, and a humongous following. And just because of that, it's just wrong, in my opinion. And it would be wrong in the in the medicine and science world. So um, uh, that that's something huge I, that stopped a long time ago I was glad about and then um like I said I do think this should be monetized we would have amazing rooms we would have more people joining clubhouse uh but that's the reason why the geniuses that I've worked with in the past in medicine are not on clubhouse I mean nurse wise like I said doctors are busy and you'd get doctors on there you know coming to if they knew about this and maybe even putting money into it. Who knows? There's just so much opportunity, but too many mistakes are being let go through the cracks. Uh, your point is well taken. I think you're, you're spot on there. Um, I think from, from my experience, I know it'd be interesting actually, because Paul Davidson, the CEO of Clubhouse, is on a big podcast, 20 VC by Harry Stebbings this week. So I'm waiting to listen to that and see what he says about the growth, the journey, he did admit it grew too quickly and what the future plans are because Clubhouse have raised a lot of money, as we know, um, 300 million. And after astronomical growth and hype on the media, they kind of went nowhere. And that's pretty surprising. I think you've highlighted some of the, the great points about credibility and people's 
you know, not being incentivized and things like that, which have led to some of this this downfall. But nevertheless, I think there is some value there, and and I appreciate your comments on the Human Behavior Club there as well about consistency and the interests there. Um, I think for this final segment, I mean, I'd love to kind of focus in on you. So, you, so you're um, essentially um, you're certified as a cardiac nurse, and now you're going into comedy, and comedy is super interesting when it comes to human behavior and how humans form connections and how humor works and how we react to humor and how humor differs across cultures. So much to kind of unpack there. Uh, what kind of got you interested in comedy and, 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 and um, how do you find comedy in terms of its kind of place in the world and, and how it changes behavior? Well, I asked myself this because it's important to me because I was unhappy in uh, my first career when I made it to as far as I, I, I decided to go because it wasn't all uh, rainbows and, and gumdrops. When I had my own department, uh, I ran a $5 million department, a Cosmo department and uh, for a big, wonderful company, I must say. Uh, they they are, a, I can't say a bad thing about it. Um, but I worked my uh, butt off. I I was no longer helping people. I was more behind the scenes. I was training people. I loved helping people learn how to be successful in running their own little businesses and um, making money, as much money as they could um, in sales. Uh, but I didn't feel I was personally helping someone in need. And uh, uh, and the fact that I was trying to sell them maybe a thousand dollar face cream, you know, I didn't feel that that was important enough. Uh, the Haiti earthquakes, if you remember back in 2010, had a big impact on me. I wanted to go and uh, just help out um, uh, because they needed so much help. I was in that uh, thing, uh, you know, industry at the time in Nordstrom. Uh, Oh, I, well, I'm sorry, I just let out of the bag. Nordstrom, you're a wonderful company. Um, kudos to you. You, phew, the only one that hasn't gone bankrupt through all the recessions. Um, I and they're such hard workers. It's hard to get a vacation time to to go and do something like that. So, um, two friends went. One came back. She was a she was a pharmacist. She went to nursing school. It had that much of an impact on her. And I just, and another one, graphic designer came back, went to nursing school. These are the kind of things that I was like, oh, what am I missing? How, how can I help people more? It was like gnawing at me because that's what my gift is, um, helping people service. So that's what led me to get into this accelerated bachelor of science nursing uh, and then into the cardiology realm. And then I realized uh, I got injured, and I the day I couldn't lift my right arm, this is how passionate about it I was. I was in so much pain, but I loved the profession. I had to resign. And through comedy, I found healing because when you laugh, so many things happen. You're, you're producing oxytocin. You're producing something that makes a pain chemical come out of your brain to help with pain. You're getting oxygen down into all of the parts of your body. Um, and that is, that helps with pain relief, um, especially what I was experiencing. Uh, so right away, just finding uh, 
comedy through YouTube and watching like shows like The Office uh, because I was bedridden for some time really helped me in that way. Um, it didn't heal me, of course, but geez, it, it really did something. And um, and it was funny how I fell across com- comedy because I never went and saw a stand-up comedy show before. I was never allowed to watch anything like that um, coming from a strict conservative family. Um, it was frowned upon, but I was very much into Muay Thai. I was a D1 athlete at Penn State. It was always part of my life being an athlete. Um, so I uh, was at the time I got my I was very much into Muay Thai. Um, so I kept, you know, wanting to watch my favorite fighters and Joe Rogan's name kept coming up. I'm like, who is this dude? And um, I started watching and I was like, he should be a comedian. He's kind of funny. And then I saw how he was having comic guests on and some of them really made me chuckle, <laughs> I guess you could say. And that was the beginning of the end. Um, so, uh, I developed a favorite comedian who I would, who I see every year when he comes out with his new tour, as uh, his podcast. And, um, it, that had a big profound effect on me as still, because it helped with healing, um, whether it be physical, mental, and I like to do the same for others, making them laugh. Um, so I do feel like I'm helping people just as much in that way. And I remember shooting this guy a DM because he had a Netflix special that wasn't taken as well. Um, I believe because it was different um, than, than most of them. And I said, hey, I appreciate your comedy. Uh, please keep at it. it. I'm a nurse and it's what nurses and doctors thrive on, believe it or not, um, you know, behind the scenes because of of, of all the, you know, sadness and, and what you experience on the job. So, and he was very appreciative of that. So, um, now he's very, 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 very famous. And, um, it just made me want to pursue it even more. So, yeah. That's a really interesting journey and story, Alyssa. And I'm glad to, it's something that's kept you happy as well. I can definitely see the links you kind of described there as well. Um, you know, laughing, they say, laughing is great medicine as well. Um, and good for our mental health. Um, so, out of interest, my, me and my wife were talking about this about my favorite comedians. Um, do you have a favorite comedian right now? I would say overall my most favorite comedian, and this is the one I I, I converse back and forth with until he was just way too busy. Like I didn't want to. I don't want to be like the like a troll fan, you know. Um, his name is Theo Vaughn. Um, he's, I believe, he's like forty now, and he had a Netflix special. And he has a Southern accent, so he said he is really afraid to talk, <laughs> actually, just speak uh, during the Trump and uh, being, uh, you know, put into office um, because of the hate in uh, uh, the more liberal-ness community in L.A. where he was, you know, that's the comedy mecca of of the country, you know, the comedy store, and there's a few other big ones. Um, New York, 
I, I mean, maybe tied second, though. Um, but those are smaller venues. So I, he would have to be my favorite overall. But um, I really like uh, the the older older ones that are no longer around or, yeah, no longer living. Probably George Carlin, um, uh, Eddie Murphy, all around comic, but he doesn't really do anything anymore, um, which is a shame because he can do anything. It seems, looking at all his work in the past, um, yeah, those are, you know, those are influential ones for me. I don't know. How about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Lisa, for sharing. Um... Yeah, my brother's super into comedies. He went to see, uh, I think he's into like Dave Chappelle and Russell Brand, and um, they're his kind of favorites. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that well versed in comedy, but I know I enjoy a lot of different comedians. But yeah, that, that's some of his favorite. Um, but Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was kind of for context. I did a clubhouse room and I picked someone from the community. We had about two hundred people in the room to do this interview, and Alyssa was great. She came on stage and. We were able to hear from her today as a valued member of the Human Behavior Club, which I run from two years ago. And we've seen some of the, the pros and and cons of, of social audio and how it's changed and, and what we can be doing in the Human Behavior Club to really value all the members of, of my community. And Alyssa, it's been a pleasure having you here. And uh, this, this interview will be available on the podcasts on Spotify and Apple. So guys, do listen in. So Alyssa, uh, is there anywhere people can reach out to you if they want to find out more? And, uh, yeah, really great to have you here. Well, you can reach me um, basically online through my, um, I don't check my LinkedIn or not. I mean, my I do check my LinkedIn. That's like, but you won't tell I'm a comedian on there. Um, um, so that's where you can get a hold of me. But um and through Clubhouse, if you're on there, definitely I, I get a lot of um, people on there. But hmm, I, I need to make a website. That's that's a that's the thing um, that's holding me back. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, I guess I can. And uh, the best way, if you're not on Clubhouse, would be to just look up my name. I'm the only Alyssa Dinny in the world. Um, it's A-L-Y-S-S-A-D-I-N-I. And that's the name of what you find on LinkedIn and Instagram, where you will find Strictly Comedy on Instagram, my Instagram account, Alyssa Dinny. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, Alyssa. And guys, uh, do reach out if you have any queries from this podcast or if you have any interest. But it was great to listen to a different style of podcast where we get someone who's part of the community to come on and talk about themselves as well as about the human behavior community. So, Alyssa, thank you once again. And guys, I will catch you guys in the next episode. It's been pleasurable to being able to see Alyssa here and look forward to the next show. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. <laughs>